Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. These programs are based on the ministry of Witness Lee and his 21-year crowning work, The Life Study of the Bible, which focuses on the enjoyment of Christ as the divine life as revealed in the Bible. We hope that through these studies you'll be brought into a deeper enjoyment of the Scriptures and of our dear and precious Lord Jesus. You can contact us by sending email to radio at lsm.org or reach us toll-free, 888-LIFE-STUDY. Now, let's join today's program. After many miracles to rescue his people and more miracles to feed them and quench their thirst and even more miracles on the field of battle conquering their enemies, God brings his people Israel to a mountain, the mountain of God, and here he desires to enter into fellowship with them. This fellowship begins with God giving them not another miracle, but giving them his law. And the law, we will find out, is something much different than we ever imagined. Please stay with us for today's Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program furnished by Living Stream Ministry and featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, two ministers of God's economy. In the early 1950s, Watchman Nee was imprisoned by the communist Chinese, and his co-worker Witness Lee carried on this ministry in Taiwan. Eventually, he came to America, and their ministry together is one of incredible clarity and spiritual nourishment. Today, we come to the mountain of God and the Ten Commandments, as given by God to Moses, but interpreted for us by Witness Lee as he gave this message in 1980. Francis Ball is with us as we begin a lengthy look. Francis, a six-week-long look for those listening to our daily program of the giving and the interpreting of the law of God. And I believe this is a look that is going to be very refreshing for our listeners. Welcome back. It'll be refreshing and also, I think, a little surprising. That's a good word for it. As we look at this peak, I have to say, of the ministry of Witness Lee, and certainly a peak in the Old Testament and even the entire divine revelation, and that is the giving of the Ten Commandments in chapter 20 of Exodus. No doubt, Francis, the common thought or understanding is that God gave the commandments to Moses to help him regulate and control this people but I think we're in for a much different interpretation, even a much higher view of the commandments, aren't we? Yes, I do believe so, Chris. I was there when these messages were given, and even now to hear him speaking again is quite uh, revealing. What's presented to us in this message is really different than the common understanding of what people always refer to as the Ten Commandments. We'll see today that there is a different and higher view concerning the Ten Commandments than most of us ever would have imagined. This title, The Testimony of God, is the real experience we're seeing here, because God, as you mentioned, wants to have fellowship with his people, and he wants them to know what he's like. So I think we're going to see something unfolding to show us what God is like and how he showed his people what he's like. Well, we don't want to give away the secret too early, but you've just, uh, I think, uttered a very significant phrase that will help our listeners get into the real significance of the words we're about to hear. Let's join Witness Lee with this first message of the giving of the law from the Life Study of Exodus. Here's Witness Lee. I hope that uh, we all could realize in chapter 20, we are still in the fellowship with God at his mountain. 
you may say this chapter tells us how the law was given. You may say this, and this is right, but this should not be the basic, the primary concept. The primary concept, the basic concept of this chapter is that God reveals himself to his people, letting his people know what can God he is. The law is not just commandments for us to keep. The law, basically speaking, is a testimony revealing what can God he is. Now, I like to point out that in the matter of law, there is a principle. If you are a bank robber, you legalize bank robbing. Whatever you legislate describes what kind of person you are. This is the principle. Now, <laughs> God, who is the lawgiver? He gives the law. Do you believe God would legalize bank robbing? <laughs> Do you believe our God will legalize stealing? No. Uh, telling people lie? No. Do you believe God will legalize adultery? No. no. The function of the law is not firstly to uh, expose us. The first function of the law is to reveal to us what kind of God he is. This is a unique chapter that reveals what can God, our God, is. But listen, this revelation is not in a kind of a apparent, direct way. Apparently speaking, this chapter is the decree of law. But, actually speaking, the decree of the law is God's unveiling of himself. In the decree, God made himself clear to his people what and God he was. Francis, what an insightful perspective we're getting of the function of the law. The first objective of the law, rather than to expose and condemn man, we're finding out is to reveal what kind of God our God is. Francis, what about the point that the kind of person you are will determine the kind of laws that you legislate? Well, Witness Lee brought this out quite clearly, that the kind of person a person is, if he's going to be called upon to write some legislation, it'll be the kind of legislation that fits the kind of person that he is. If a criminal writes a law, he's certainly going to legalize being a criminal, being a burglar, or being a bank robber. And if an immoral person writes a law, it certainly will uh, legalize immorality. But if a person has high standards, he certainly writes a law of another nature, a high standard law. So this principle applies also to God himself. He is a lawgiver. What kind of God is he is what he reveals in the law that he gives. 
If we know what his law says, we know what kind of God he is. And the first function of the law given by God is not to condemn and expose, but to reveal what kind of God he is. He's interested in these people, and he wants them to know what kind of God he is. Yet to most of us, I think the law often is a kind of a fearful thing, because we are very aware of this other aspect, that it can expose and reveal what kind of person we are. And that's not so pleasant. But when we see it through this other angle, that it really is unveiling a testimony of what our God is like, then it's not quite such a fearsome thing, is it? That's certainly true, that uh, actually it's very inviting when we realize that what God is doing here in giving his law is revealing what kind of God he is. He's done so much for these people, and now he wants to have fellowship with them. What's he going to do first? He's going to show them what he's like. So they would be attracted to him, not be afraid of him. But the opposite happens. People read this law, and they feel under so many requirements of what they have to do. That's not the main function of this law, to get them to do something, but rather for them to see who he is. Well, we're going to start looking at these ten laws, these ten words of God as they were presented to Moses, and see what kind of portrait they are painting of our God. Let's go back to Witness Lee. The ten are divided into two fives. With the first five, the sacred name is repeated in every commandment. With the last five, the sacred name is not mentioned. This is the deciding factor for us to count the ten commandments. Now, I'd like to point out to you. The Pentateuch says clearly that these ten commandments were written on two tablets by God himself. Would you say that uh, God wrote the first four concerning himself on one tablet, and the last six concerning man on the second tablet? I have no doubt that on the two tablets, each should have five commandments. And this shows us God rank the commandment to honor the parents with the commandments to himself. Why God ranked the commandment honoring the parents with the commandment concerning him? Why in the sixth commandment concerning man, only in the one honoring the parents that the sacred title Jehovah God is repeated. Not with the rest of us. There must be a reason. Why? Because our Father eventually brings us to her. Who is the first Father? You see a monkey? <laughs> if some monkey became man, why still so many monkeys there? You just trace from you to your father and trace on, trace on, trace on, trace on. Eventually, <laughs> you trace to God. If you read Luke chapter 3, you could trace back through the human generation. You trace back, back, back. Then you trace back to Adam. Then who begat Adam? God. And this indicates what? This indicates when you honor your father, you honor your source. And eventually, who is your source? 
God. Our Father reminds us of God and refers us to God and brings us back to God. So, it is quite a thing. To despise our parents means to despise our source. To despise our origin. And our origin actually is not our father, but God. In Paul pointed out, among the Ten Commandments, only one with a promise of blessing. Not even with the first one. The second, the third one, the fourth one, no. Only with the fifth one. And with your parents, you will have your days prolonged on this earth. You will have the blessing of long life. This is not a small thing. Now, I must add a word. The blessing of long life also refers to the source of God. Who can give us long life? And who is the source of life? Only God. This is why this fifth commandment is ranked together with the first four. Because it is really related to God so much. It refers to God and it proves that God is the source of life. If you want your human life, if you want your family, if you want this country, which is your country, to be blessed by God, one thing you young people should do, that is to honor your parents. To honor your parents. This honors your origin. That is God himself. And this will bring you back to God, and this will cause you to receive much blessing from God, especially the long life. Francis, we really have to praise the Lord for this kind of speaking, to open up the riches of the Word of God in such a way. I'd like to talk about this fifth commandment that Witness Lee has been talking about. Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be extended upon the land which Jehovah your God is giving you. We just saw something so magnificent opened up in this passage. Help us to realize that in this commandment, God is bringing us back to our own source. I do feel, too, that this point was very marvelous. It's not just something related to the relationship of children with their parents. It's more than that. It's a message to every person to love and honor our source, which is God himself. As Brother Lee pointed out, this word of the commandments belongs to the first section of the Ten Commandments, the first five. It is related to God, not so much related to uh, relationships to other people. If we realize that God is our source, and that to honor our parents is to honor our source, and that to honor those who represent God, like our parents, we are being brought back to our source, and we remember our source, God himself. Our human parents remind us of God. They represent God. They refer us to God. And they bring us back to God as our source. On the other hand, to despise our parents is to despise our origin. That is, to despise God as our source. This commandment has the promise, if we keep it, has the promise of a long life. And this kind of promise can only be given by God, because he's the only one who can give life. Francis, of all the commandments, if this one really takes us back to honoring God as our ultimate source, this may be one of the highest of this group of ten, all of which have their place, but to really become a person, a human, 
who is properly honoring God, their source, it does put God in a position where he can bestow this kind of blessing, doesn't it? It really does. And it seems so marvelous that he would put it in such words that would be used so profitably throughout the centuries. Honor your father and mother. What a word to give to young people, to children. And then we realize what a word to give all of us. Honor your source. Honor where you came from. You came from God. And this is to bring us back to God. Let's go back to Witness Lee. Now, we come back to the point of testimony. Moses, in his five books, mentioned that the Ten Commandments are the Ten Words of God. We all know, according to the Bible, the word of the speaker is the expression of the speaker. If I'm standing here for one hour without speaking, I must be a top mystery. And you look at me, and I look at you for one hour, you don't know me. The word is the expression. So, the Ten Commandments are not ten laws only. The Ten Commandments, being the Ten Laws, are also the Ten Words of God. These Ten Words are God's expression. By such speaking, God reveals Himself to you. My, without the Ten Commandments, surely we don't know that God is so jealous. God only wants you to love Him. <laughs> if you love anyone beside him, he's jealous. Now, the Ten Commandments are the Ten Words to express God. Firstly, tells us he is a unique God. He is the jealous God. He must be the unique one. He gives no position to anyone else. Don't have any God. Don't take education as your God. Don't take your knowledge as your God. No other God. Only God. And God alone. Then, these ten words also make us to know that God is holy. To keep the Sabbath, Sabbath should be a mark of God's separation. Because in Genesis 2, God sanctify the Sunday to uh, make the Sabbath, the Sunday, a sign of His holiness, of His separation. God is separate from anything else. Don't make God common. And this reveals what? This reveals that the very God whom we worship is holy. He's separate. He's separate. He's not only jealous. He's separate. He's not common among so many gods. He's separate. As his people, we must have a mark. We must have a sign of our separation from anything other than God. Then you read verses 12 through 14. You could see God is of love. This is why the Lord Jesus in Matthew 22 told them, I tell you, the whole law is here in love. To a God, it is made of love. You have to love God with all your heart and so forth. Then to a man, it is also in love. You must love others as yourself. Then Paul says 
the whole law is wrapped up in this one word, love. Then, truthful. And here, this commandment doesn't say, thou shalt not lie. But it says, thou shalt not bear false witness against your neighbor. And here, it doesn't mean you lie to protect yourself. It means you lie to damage others. Whenever you lie, you are in darkness. Whenever you speak the truth, you are in light. God is a truthful God. He is the God of light. And He Himself even is light. With Him, there's no darkness. And that means what? There's no falsehood. Satan is the father of the liars. So Satan is the god of darkness. Our God would never lie because he is the light. The light is the source of the truth. In every aspect, he is truthful because he is light. So I just say this much. If you get into the depth of these ten words, you could see God is seen here. Well, by this way you can see the law being God's testimony, expressing God, describing God to the uttermost. So Christ is the Word. The law is the ten words of God, and Christ is the Word of God, revealing God to us. Francis, all of these ten words reveal something so marvelous about God. And they also expose the real condition within us, within man. We've seen a lot today. We're going to be on the law, as we mentioned, for many programs in the coming weeks. Because the law plays such a major role in the book of Exodus. But let's take a moment and talk about the last of these Ten Commandments. This one dealing with coveting. This is in the second group of five. And all the other four deal with outward behavior. Lying, stealing, the murder, adultery. But this one touches something very inward. This is fundamentally different, isn't it? Yes, it really is. It's very interesting to recognize that this commandment against coveting is seldom mentioned by people who pretend to keep the Ten Commandments. Even though a person may be seemingly very moral and upright, this one point exposes our inward being. The other matters may be subject to our excusing of ourselves, but who can claim to be one who never covets? This matter of coveting was the point of the law that caused the Apostle Paul to recognize in himself that there was a coveting of every kind. It seemed like coveting just came on top of coveting when this was used by the law to convince him. This point exposed Paul, but it also does something else. It reveals the purity of God. God is pure, and he would never and could never induce or encourage or allow coveting. This point, thou shalt not covet, has been a point that none of us can escape. No matter how we feel about the other points and how we might excuse ourselves, this one really reveals and exposes what we are. All the other commandments except the first one and this last one are related to our outward conduct. But the first commandment, expressing God as a jealous God, exposes our idolatry of having other gods. And the last commandment, this one on coveting, exposes our coveting, our desiring what others have. 
or things that we don't have. Both of these things revealing God as the only one to worship and also expressing God as the only one who is pure. Only God has the position to be jealous as the only one worthy of worship. And only God is pure without any trace of covetousness. Our God is wonderful. His law shows us He is jealous, He's holy, He's loving, He's righteous, He's truthful, He's pure. Oh, how we love Him. Well, Francis, we finished this first program. Uh, we have seen already an abundance. We've seen the law from an angle that uh, maybe or should be or probably is very new, uh, if not surprising to our listeners, that the law first and foremost presents a picture of who God is and not just given to us as a standard for us to keep. I would just like to take a moment to encourage our listeners to stay with us in these next coming programs. The view that is going to be presented is a captivating view. It's an attracting view, and it very much will bring us into the expression that you have just uh, uttered from your own heart, and that is one of a deep love and affection and a drawing towards our God, not the law that we're maybe used to thinking of from our days in Sunday school, a kind of a law that repels us from God in many ways. This is another view, so we really encourage our listeners to stay with us in these coming programs. Francis, I just offer this recommendation. I would imagine you could echo it for me. I certainly echo that. I just would encourage all the listeners to stay with us, meeting after meeting, program after program, to be able to take in all these marvelous aspects of a law that we didn't understand before. Today, I'd like to thank Francis Ball. I'm Chris Weil, and thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, produced by Living Stream Ministry. You can now enjoy titles by Watchman Nee and Witness Lee on your computer, tablet, or smartphone. Visit lsm.org slash ePublications to find all that Living Stream has available. We support Kindle, Nook, iSilo, and ePub formats, which means you can enjoy this ministry on all kinds of PC and Mac devices. Many of our publications are also available on Amazon.com and at iTunes. But to see everything we have to offer, visit our website at lsm.org slash ePublications. Thanks for listening today.